Hello, and welcome to the Frost Creek Youth Camp Podcast. This week, we have 4,792 campers and adults from 99 churches. In this service, our camp pastor, Ryan Fontenot, taught on the message that will change your life from Romans. And during this message, there were 149 spiritual decisions, including 82 professions of faith. Hey, man, give your body some knuckles beside you and say, I'm so glad you're sitting by me tonight. Go ahead and let them know. As you sit down, I want to encourage you, as I have all week long, to just do two simple things. Number one, get out your get out your Bible, all right? Get out your Bible, get out your Bible. Number two, get something to take what? Notes with. Look at somebody and say, you need to take notes. Tell them right now, all right? Man, I'm excited about tonight's message. How many of you had a good week so far? Can I hear you if you had a good week so far? Hey, let me just ask this. I love you too. Let me ask you this. Um, If this week, if this week, whether in here, in a breakout, in your cabin, at the high ropes course, whatever, you gave your life to Jesus, would you just stand up in this place right now? All over the place, just stand up. Come on. You gave your life to Christ. This week, come on. Let's go. Come on. Stand up in the house. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm so fired up. Man, tonight's message, I believe God is going to use to do two powerful things. Um, Number one. God's going to use this message, um, the best way I know to say it, uh, to give some of you the ability to stand up uh, later on tonight. Like some that stood up right now, you're like, I gave my life to Jesus this week. He's my Lord. He's my God. He's my King. I just believe tonight uh, God has more. Look at somebody and say, he ain't done yet. Let them know, all right? He ain't done yet. If you believe that, say, oh, yeah. He's not done. That's, that, that's what amps me up about this right now. Like, God is, God is going to change. Literally, in this room tonight, we're going to have dead people come to life. I mean, I, I'm excited. I'm telling you guys. I, I just, <laughs> uh, man. And then, and then, as if that wasn't enough, um, those of you that are alive right now, God is going to equip you, and he's going to send you out of here And I believe if you will take notes tonight and you'll write this down, I believe that God will sear this in your brain and pour it down in your heart and let it begin to come out of your mouth. I believe this message tonight that I'm going to share is a message you are going to take back to your neighborhood, to your school, to your locker room, to your classroom, to your lunchroom. And God is going to take this message, by the way, because it ain't my message It's his message. He's going to take this message and you as his messenger, and he is going to flip the script on some people's lives. God is going to equip you tonight to go out. This morning, we talked about being, be, being, being solid, man, being absolutely solid and, and grounded and rooted in that. Man, one of the ways that we do that is this thing called spiritual disciplines, Dis- 
did, did Todd and Brian, are they just killing it in the morning sessions? Come on, somebody. They are doing an amazing job. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm usually sitting right over here, right up front. I'm taking notes, man. I'm writing stuff down. I always believe you ought to position yourself as a learner. And, man, I sit in here, and I'm just encouraged by those dudes and the way that they encourage us to walk out these spiritual disciplines of prayer and, and Bible study and all the other ones that they talked about. And tonight, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about the spiritual discipline. You can write this down. I want to talk to you about the spiritual discipline known as evangelism. Look at somebody and say, we about to tell somebody. Tell them right now. We about to tell. Now, now the, the, the word evangelism means to declare the good news. And I love what D. Elton Trueblood said. He said this about evangelism. Evangelism is not a professional job for a few trained men. Don't miss this. Someone say, Ryan, what do you do? I say, I'm an evangelist. So I have the joy, the privilege of traveling throughout the year all over the country and into other countries and preaching or declaring the good news. I do that from the platform. I do it on airplane seats. I do it in coffee shops. Man, I do it wherever God allows me. I am an evangelist that is the call the gift that God has given me but listen it's also the call that God has given every one of us if we are in Christ everybody with me Sam with you so evangelism is not a professional job for a few trained men but is instead the unrelenting responsibility of every person who belongs to the company of Jesus and all of Falls Creek said our job is not just to know and to grow but to go and to tell if I was to define evangelism simply it would be like this the simple definition of evangelism is this those who know Jesus by the way if you're in the house and you know Jesus say mm-hmm those who know Jesus telling those who do not yet know Jesus. Ryan, what do you mean when you talk about evangelism? Here's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you, if you know Jesus, going out of here for Jesus, under the power of the Holy Spirit of Jesus, telling the world about Jesus. Can you hear what I'm saying tonight? All right? See, so think about this picture. We have nearly 5,000 people in the room. And imagine if on Saturday when we loaded up and headed out, we didn't just load up and head out full, but we loaded up and we headed out sent, ready to tell someone else about Jesus. Do you realize if y'all got serious about this one discipline right here, that next week 5,000 more people would have heard about Jesus than the week before? Think about that for just one moment. That God took you and me out of this place to go and tell the world about Jesus. I travel full time with a ministry called Rage Ministries. And that simply stands for reaching, everybody say reaching, a generation, everybody say generation, endangered, everybody say endangered. 
Some of y'all been asking, man, what do these endangered sweatshirts mean? I love the fact that y'all buy stuff and you have no idea what it even means. That's awesome to me, right? You're like, what do this endangered sweatshirt means? Well, the real endangered generation is the generation sitting right before us right now. And so the very goal of our ministry is twofold. Number one, to proclaim, to preach the gospel, the good news of Jesus to the next generation. That's what I'm doing right now. But secondly, which is what I'm about to do in just a minute, it is to prepare you. Look at your neighbor and say, mm, he's talking to you. Go ahead, tell him, all right? <laughs> to prepare you to do the same. It's the heartbeat of what Paul, the message tonight is so vital, so important, so critical because of what Paul said in Romans 1.16 when he said this. He said, for I am say it with me someone in the house not ashamed of the what the gospel the good news the good news of jesus that jesus came lived a sinless life died a sinner's death buried rose again the third day offers us life life to the full both here and forevermore i'm not ashamed of the gospel why because the news of jesus is the power of God for oh that was super weak y'all gotta do better than that for it is the power of God for salvation to who say it everyone who what believes see tonight I want to talk to you about the message that will change your life it's a message that changed my life. It's a message that will change anyone's life, anywhere, anytime, any place. But it's a message that must be told. And if you and I want to be serious about seeing people change, seeing people born again, seeing lives won, seeing more people be able to stand up and go, I am a follower of Jesus, we've got to tell a message. Tonight, I want you to take notes because this message can be summarized with four simple symbols. They're on my wrist right now. And again, I saw some of you buy some of these wristbands in the gift shop. I saw some of them around uh, campus, and so I would just stop sometimes when I saw one. I go, hey, I like your wristband. What does that mean? And every person I asked, here's what they said. I don't know. Again, I love the fact that y'all buy stuff and you have no idea what in the world you just bought. Tonight, I want you to know. Tonight, I want you to be able to take these four symbols that are on my wrist, that are on many of your wrists. That, by the way, if you bought one of these, hold your hand, hold your wrist up right now. If you got it on, hold it up. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right? And I want you to be able to take these four symbols with this one message, and I want you to be able to talk to anyone, anywhere, any place, anytime about the message that will change their life. How many of you want to be able to do that? Say, oh, yeah. How many of you want to be able to tell your parents that don't know Jesus about Jesus? Say, oh yeah. How many of you have friends that you know that don't know Jesus, but you want to be able to tell them about Jesus? Say, oh yeah. How many of you want to be confident and competent enough with the gospel message that if anyone, anywhere, anyplace, anytime says, hey, what's that on your wrist? Or hey, 
Why do you seem so happy? Or, hey, why do you have this hope in you? How many of you want to be able to tell anyone, anywhere, anytime about Jesus with both confidence and confidence? Would you say, I do? Ready? Well, I'm glad you do because tonight you're going to be able to do that. I want to talk to you about these four symbols, one powerful message. Here it is. Number one is the heart. And the heart tells us about who? Say it, somebody, about God. The heart reminds us about God. So if I'm taking notes because I love Jesus in the room, I'm going to draw a heart. And under that heart or beside that heart, I'm going to write the word God. And there are some things that you and I need to know. The gospel, the good news, begins with God, not you and not me. The good news is this. God loves you. We all know this verse, right? John 3, 16, for who? For that was super weak. Let's try it again. For God, that was a little bit better. Let's all say it with me. For God, so what? Love who? The world. Look at your neighbor right now and say, that means you. Tell them right now. That, that means you. See, tonight you need to know that if anyone, anywhere, anytime can hear about the gospel, the gospel begins with God. And the first reality that we know about God is that God loves you but when I'm talking to somebody about the Lord when I'm sharing this with somebody I say listen what is that symbol right there and they'll say oh that's a heart and I'll ask them this question well what does a heart remind you of nobody has ever said God everybody has always said what love exactly the heart is the universal symbol of love and you know what I look at him and here's what I say I say what do you think this symbol represents it's a heart what do you think it represents they'll say something like love and you know what I'll say wrong that's not what I'll say you know what I'll tell them I'll tell them this you're exactly right and you know what the Bible says and I flip the script that quick Hey, what do you think that represents right there? Oh, it's a heart. What do you think that represents? And they say what, everybody? They say love. And I say, you're exactly right. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says God is love. And I want you to know this right now. God loves you. Did y'all see how quick we just got into the conversation right now? That's how fast you can turn it. That's how fast you and I can flip the script and go, listen, I want you to know that God loves you, but not only that God loves you, but that God made you. You want to take notes and you want to write these down. People need to know, listen, there's a God who loves you. There's a God who made you. You're not a mistake. You're not an accident. You're not some cosmic coincidence. No, the Bible says Says, the psalmist himself says for you formed my inward parts you knit me together in my mother's womb I praise you for I am say it with me somebody I am fearfully and come on somebody and what wonderfully evolved that's not what it says, is it, right? And so when I'm talking to somebody about the message that will change your life, it begins with God. And some things that I want them to know about God is that God loves you, God made you, and this one might be the craziest of them all, and that God wants you. What? What? 
God made you. God loves you. God wants you. I love 2 Peter 3.9. He says, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but God is patient toward you. Look at somebody and say, that's good news right there. Come on. He's patient toward you. Like night one, you had an opportunity. Night two, you had an opportunity. Night three, you had an opportunity. And night four, you, listen, you, some of you better be glad God is patient with you. Listen, why is God patient? Because, say it with me, somebody, he does not wish that what? Any should perish, but that what? All, look at your neighbor and say, that means you. Tell them right now. That, that, that all should come to repentance. So when I'm telling someone the story that will change their life, I always start with God, the heart. About three months ago, I was down in McAllen, Texas, sitting in a restaurant with a friend of mine. I don't live in McAllen. I was visiting McAllen. We were sitting there. Our waitress come up a little bit late, later than normal. Yeah, I can tell she's a little frazzled. And so as we progressed through the night, I looked at her and I said, hey, do you know any good churches in the area? I was there visiting a church. I knew there was a good church in the area, but I just want to know, does she have any interest, any clue, any Jesus church background at all? She goes, no, I really don't. And so I asked her a second question. I said, well, do you go to church anywhere? And she goes, you know, my grandmother used to take me to the Catholic church, but to be honest, I haven't gone in a long time. So I knew she had some Bible background. I knew she had some church background. And so then I asked her, I said, well, hey, if you don't mind if I ask you one more question, do you mind if I tell you the story of the Bible with four simple symbols? And she goes, sure. And so I had two wristbands on my hand. I pulled one off and I said, well, here it is. Here's the four symbols. I said, the first one is what? She goes, that's a heart. I said, what do you think the heart represents? She says, love. And you know what I said, don't you? I said, you are right. And you know what the Bible says. And I promise you this, if I'm lying, I'm dying right here. I looked at her and I said this. You know what? You're right. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says God loves you. And I no sooner said those three words then tears filled her eyes and started streaming down her face. I was blown away. I didn't know what to happen. I didn't know what to expect. I was like, what did I say? I looked at my buddy. I was like, did I say something wrong, dumb? Did I not? And, and, and she just began, tears began to stream down her cheeks. My buddy, being the smart, wise man that he was, looked at her and said, hey, tell me what's going on. And she said, you have no idea how much I needed to hear that. And I was thinking in my head, wait, I ain't done, girl, hold up, you know. But, but uh, she said, you have no idea how much I needed to hear that. She said, y'all have no idea. Right before you came in, I was in my car having a panic attack. I almost didn't come back in. And she said, I don't know why I got up and came back in, but I believe this is part of the reason. Listen, people need to hear God. God loves you. God made you. God wants you. But there's a second symbol, and that shows us that not only that God made us, loves us, and wants us, but it's a division symbol. And the division symbol reminds us of what? Of sin. There is sin. There's a problem. There's something gone wrong. I don't care who you are, where you are. Everybody knows. Just open up your Instagram feed, click through the reels, TikTok for a minute, watch the news if you're cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, and you will find out pretty quick the world is broken. Can I get an amen? amen. 
it's messed up. Something's gone wrong. And people want to know, well, what's gone wrong? Well, the problem is sin. There are three things I help people see about sin. I want them to see, number one, that sin infects you. Look at your neighbor and say, mm-hmm, that's you. Go ahead and tell them right now. Sin infects you. The Bible says for who? Say it with me, somebody. For that was weak and, you know, like you didn't really believe it. For what? For all have what? Sin and fall short of the glory of God. That means you're sinned. I've sinned. We've all messed up. No matter who you are, where you are, where you're from, we all have sin. Sin infects us all. We all stand guilty before God. But secondly, this sin that infects us separates us. See, there's a God who made you, loves you, and wants you. But there's a problem, and the problem is sin. And we're all guilty, and that sin infects us. It separates us. Isaiah 59 would say that your sin has, has, your sin has separated you and your God. All of us have sinned. We all fall short. And then the third reality is that sin kills you. Write that down. Sin kills you. For the wages of sin is what? That's why Paul would say it like this. But you were dead in your transgressions and sins. See, I talk to people and I'm like, listen, I want you to know God made you, God loves you, and God wants you. But undoubtedly, if they don't know the Lord, they'll say something like this. Then why is the world so jacked up? Why do I feel so much pain? That lady, when we were talking that night, as I shared with her, I said, listen, she began to share why she was having anxiety attacks. She began to share why she was having a panic attack. She began to share some of the just chaos in her world. And I looked at her and I said, do you want to know why that's happening? Do you want to know why there's brokenness in our world? And I said, well, it's because of the second symbol. And that symbol reminds us that, yes, God made us, loves us, and wants us, but sin, sin separates us. Sin has infected us, and sin has killed us. Everybody with me, say, I'm with you. And see, this is the message that can bring life to anyone. And I know right now some of you are going, well, what do you mean, man? God made me, love me, want me. Uh, sin infects me. Sin separates me. And sin kills me. This does not sound like good news because God is here and I am here and I can't get to God. And I would say, you're exactly right. You can't get to God. So God came for us, which brings up the third symbol, and that's the cross. And the cross reminds us of... Jesus. That Jesus came. That Jesus came. Write this down. There are three things you need to know about Jesus. Number one, he came. I, I love the way Paul put it, right? This is saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that, say it with me somebody, Christ came into the world to what somebody? To save who? The good guys. Okay, I'm glad y'all seem like, no, boo. That's right. That's not what it says at all, right? It says Christ Jesus came into the world. There's God, there's man, and Christ came, and he came into the world to bring sinners back to God. Jesus came. Secondly, you need to know that Jesus didn't just come, but Jesus what? He died. Can I tell you what? 
Jesus didn't die because he messed up. Listen close. Jesus died because we're messed up. I'll say it again because some of y'all didn't get it. Jesus did not die because he messed up. Jesus died because we are messed up. We are the ones in need of a Savior. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, what happened? Somebody say it with me. Christ, what? Died for who? Us. Look at your neighbor and say, that's me right there. Go and tell them, that's me. That, that Christ died. And here's the message your youth pastor, your pastor, and False Creek has been trying to tell you all week long in all of your life, there's a God who made you and loves you and wants you, but there is sin that has separated you, infected you, and killed you, so Jesus came. The Bible says we all like sheep have gone astray, but God laid on him the iniquity of us all. Jesus came on a rescue mission. Jesus died to rescue men and women. But Jesus didn't just die. Come on, somebody. Jesus said he rose again. Look at somebody and say, he ain't dead. Tell him right now. He ain't Jesus said is what? Alive. And here's why that's good news. Here's why that's good news. Because dead men don't save nobody. They don't save anybody. Jesus ain't dead. The Bible, as a matter of fact, says it like this. For the wages of sin is death, separation from God, but the free gift of God, oh, is what? Eternal what? Life. Where? Where is eternal life found? In Christ Jesus our Lord. If this is making sense to anybody in the house, just say, oh, yeah. See, you can take these four symbols and talk to anyone, anywhere, anytime about Jesus. Um, we have shipped these to people that are going um, on mission trips in Venezuela, uh, to Peru. Uh, somebody, uh, I think somebody may be going to Portugal next week. We just shipped out about 50 of these. They're all been trained in this, and they're all going, and they're going to be able to share, no matter how young they are, no matter how old they are. Listen, there's a God who made you, loves you, and wants you. There's a problem. Sin infects you, separates you, and kills you you there's a solution there is hope hope has a name his name is Jesus he came died rose again and that takes us to the last symbol which is a question mark which means in light of all of this there is now a what decision God made you, loves you, wants you. Sin infects you, separates you, kills you. Jesus came, died, rose again. Decision. What are you going to do with Jesus? What will you do with Jesus? This is the question that everyone must answer. Not what church do you go to? What's your denominational background? Hey, have you been baptized, dipped, dunked, sprinkled, glazed? None of that, guys. Here's the question. Here's the question. What have you done with Jesus? 
Why? Because it's Jesus that says, come. So what's the decision we got to make? What's the question we got to answer? Will you come? I love this picture in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. It's this picture of Jesus, right? And here's what Jesus says. Behold, I stand at the door and what, somebody? I stand at the door and what? And he says this, if anyone, look at somebody beside you and tell them, even you. Tell them right now, right? If anyone, look close, if anyone what? Say it hears my voice and what and opens the door look at his promise what does he say i will what a picture what a picture if you and i tonight feel the call feel the draw and we just open up our life and we say jesus come in jesus i'm yours jesus your lord man everything will change everything this is good news. God loves you. Sin separates you. Jesus can save you. Will you come? Will you confess? Will you come to the place in your life where you confess Jesus Christ is Lord of your life? Listen, He is Lord. He's already Lord. But will you come to the place where you confess, Jesus, I want you to be Lord, not just out there. I want you to be Lord in here. If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart. God raised him from the dead. Look at his promise. You what? Will what? Be what? Say. Right. How do I do that? The question, what do you do with Jesus? Will you come to him? Will you confess him? Man, will you call on the name of the Lord? Romans 10, 13, for everyone, I'll say it again, for everyone, say that with me, for everyone who what, calls on the name of the Lord, say it against somebody, will what, be saved. Exclamation point, mic drop, come. This is what Jesus says. See, this message will change your life. God loves you. Sin separates you. Jesus can save you. Will you tonight trust him? I've gotten to share this message very simply, very clearly with thousands of people. And I just see the power. Why? Because the gospel is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. So tonight, what about you? Is tonight your night to trust him? Tonight your night to come? Everyone in the room, lock eyes with me right now. There's a God who made you, loves you, and wants you. But we all have a problem, and that problem's called sin. It infects you, it has killed you, and separated you. But there's a hope. His name is Jesus, and he came, died, and rose again, and now offers life to bring you from where you are back to God, where you were meant to be. The only question is not does God love you, not does sin separate you, not can Jesus save you, but will you trust in him tonight? Would you bow your heads with me right now? If we can leave the lights just like this for a moment so I can see. 
If you're in this room and you say, Ryan, tonight's my night. Tonight's the night I need to give my life to Jesus. Would you just hold your hand up high right now all over this place? You say, Ryan, that's me. Hold them up high all over this place. Man, I realize, man, I'm a sinner. I realize I'm in need of a Savior. And tonight, I'm ready. I'm willing. It's my time. It's my night. I need Jesus to save me tonight all over this place. Would you hold your hands up high, please, in the room? That's me. I need Jesus. Can I tell you right now, here's his invitation. Come. So in a moment, I'm going to pray. And after I'm done praying, you're going to stand. And when you stand, the band's going to sing. And when they start singing, every one of you who have your hand up right now, I want you to come because Jesus is ready to save you tonight. So, Lord, tonight, I pray that you would call and we would respond, that lives would be changed forever because you are good, you are God, you made us, sin has separated us, but Jesus defeated sin, death, hell, and the grave. And tonight, he says, come, come. And so, Lord, I pray that as we stand, those who need you tonight as Lord Jesus would come. To follow us on Facebook or Instagram, just search for Oklahoma Baptist Youth. And for more information, visit oklahomabaptist.org slash youth camp. Thanks for listening.